It's five past one. Cheers. Listen live on the BBC Sounds app. This week's pardon four words. Doolan, Tiffany, title, tasks. BBC Radio 2. That's coming up in the next hour. Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on Saturday's win over Wraith Rovers, Heather Holloway. Heather, how are you? Great, thank you, Matt. Happy to be here. Still talking about great wins under Sir Chris Doolan and looking forward to talking about the Morton game. Jamie McDonald's here. Jamie, a disappointing weekend for you on, on Saturday. Three goals conceded. Where did it go wrong for you? For once, I've actually got the reference. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, sad days, uh, no clean sheet, but on on a real note, it's good to see Dylan Ball continuing. Another three 0 win, another clean sheet. Not much to complain about. And rounding off our panel this week, making his draw lose or draw debut is Ewan Waddle. Ewan, how are you? Um, brilliant. Thank you very much for having me on, guys. No problem, Ewan. Most of our listeners who are on social media will will know who you are very well. Um, just for anyone that's that's not on there, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Right, so my name's Ewan. Um, I volunteer as like a content creator or videographer at Thistle. Um, and my main contribution this season has been like the kind of pitch side view. It's like an alternative angle of the match. It's kind of like the fans' best view in the house. That's the kind of thing we've been aiming for. So that's kind of been my main contribution. I think they're, they're really been enjoyed by by everyone who's, who's catching them. Um, I think Heather asked you off there, have you noticed that players are, are sort of noticing you now and coming towards you when, when goals go on? Definitely, there's there's a couple favourites. I know um, Brian loves a wee celebration. Um, he loves his woos. I know that there's a lot of um, everybody's kind of looking for that um, during the celebrations. But yeah, it's it's funny how like you notice at the start how camera shy some people are, and then the kind of further you get into it, the more they kind of warm up to you. And yeah, it's 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 brilliant. It's a great experience. I'm, I'm definitely one of those Brian Graham woo enthusiasts uh, myself. But um, if you've not seen Ewan's videos, they're available on the, the social media. So definitely encourage you to to check them out. We will start, as we always do, with a look at the, the starting 11 from Saturday. And there, were, there was just one change, and it was David Mitchell. And for Jamie Sneddon, the 10 outfielders remained the same. Jamie, were you happy with that team when you saw it on, on Saturday about 2 o'clock? I was happy with the outfield team. Yeah, no changes. Didn't expect any, but I was a bit nervous when I saw Mitchell on for Sneddon just because I wouldn't say Mitchell had ended his run of the team in the best form, and so Sneddon in general is a pretty reliable keeper for us. But glad to say I was definitely proven wrong by Mitchell. I thought he did a very good performance on Saturday. You know, he was very very vocal all game. He commanded his area well. Obviously saved that penalty and the, the rebound as well. And, made that pretty big save in the box. So, yeah, I definitely think he proved a lot of people wrong with how he played, myself included. And apart from that, there wasn't really anything that I was surprised about with that lineup, to be honest. Yeah, I think I'll be one of those who proved wrong as well because I was 
nervous about that um, selection. I was a bit worried that we'd missing Jamie Snedden, but as you said, I thought David Mitchell was his best performance, and I thought he shut the the, pit, the penalty save and the double save after it were terrific. So it was it was a really good moment for him. I think Julian mentioned how important it was. Everyone was contributing after the game, so so really pleased for Mitchell because I've, I've think he had he did have a shaky opening few months of the season culminating and being dropped after the Dundee game so it's good for him to get a moment like that I think it's hard for goalkeepers I've spoken when Snedden's come back into the side how hard it is just to come back in and perform so for Mitchell to do that on Saturday was was really positive Heather what about you in terms of the the performance this season where do you think that ranks I think a lot of us have spoken about those first 20 minutes that we played um, or was it first half an hour against Dundee, the first game of the season, and seeing how that was one of the you know the best Thistle team performances they'd seen in ages. I feel like on Saturday, I don't know if I have my her team, my her game two goggles on, and obviously I was just so happy of how everything went on that afternoon that I just thought that was one of the best performances that we've had uh, this season. The togetherness, especially of the front line, the way that the interlinking. The, um, I mean, the assists are absolutely incredible, not just the goals, but just the way that they come about. And I thought the, the back line of, to get a clean sheet with, you know, our not chosen goalkeeper in there, everyone, everyone did their job and more. I was really, really impressed with the game on Saturday. You and you've probably got the, the best seat in the house. What did you make of the performance on Saturday? Right. Well, to start off with, I think, in all honesty, like there was a, a lot of eyebrows raised when the team sheet came out. I wasn't particularly worried. Like, I wasn't really one of the people that was worried because obviously I probably focus on pre-match training more than anyone, and I'm like kind of trying to get as much footage as possible. And like, the, there's a kind of personality there, and there's there's a character in David Mitchell. I think he's obviously he didn't have a great kind of run of form um, earlier on in the season, but I think it's Saturday he just showed exactly what he's about. He's a brilliant goalkeeper. He's he obviously he needs his confidence. It's the same with any footballer. But I thought he played like excellently. He commanded his box as um, Jamie was saying. He was like picking up loose balls and obviously the penalty save, um, which we'll probably get on to later. But yeah, and the, the starting eleven. I mean, I think it's our strongest team in all honesty. We just looked so like fluent in our attacks. Um, it was really hard to keep up with. Keep the keep the camera on the. The ball, do you know what I mean? It was just moving so quickly. But yeah, I thought it was a, a good start in Lovin. Can I ask you, you and see when you're when you're filming it, how much can you take in how well the team and individuals are playing? Or are you just fully focused on like capturing the moments? It's it's a difficult one, see, to be honest. You don't really know until you've done it, I would say. It's really difficult to explain how you kinda there's no routine, if you get what I mean. It's just you have to be very wary of the way that the players are looking because if somebody's looking to the left-hand side, they're going to move that way or they might be looking at another player and they're about to pass or take on someone. So you need to kind of be wary of that. Um, but see, to be honest with you, I'm just kind of styling out. <laughs> I'm not exactly the most experienced person. I've been with Fissel for a year um, doing camera work and more obviously recently doing the pitch side stuff. So to be honest, it's like every week just try to get myself into these little habits. But to be honest, you don't really take in much. It's just um, try to focus on the players specifically. And if something happens, something happens. Jamie, who stood out for you on Saturday? Who were the standout performers? I'd say it's quite a few, to be honest. Like we've already mentioned, Mitchell, we had a fantastic game. I thought once again, similar event to Tuesday. I thought McAvoy was fantastic at the back. Very good in the air. It's good on the ball, it's pretty comfortable, which is always good to see in my centre-half. 
Bannigan, I thought, was brilliant. He was everywhere in that game. I think Dylan seems to have moved him slightly deeper. I think you mentioned that on Twitter, Matt, and I think that's working well for him. He was involved in the first goal as well. He did very well to keep the move alive after, I think, was it McMillan overhit pass slightly and did very well to keep that going. And obviously, Tiffany as well. Two goals, you're not going to be complaining about that sort of performance. And he was involved as well in the second goal. It was a great reverse pass that went to Milne. And yeah, Milne was great as well. I, honestly, no, I don't think anyone had a bad game, but those are a few that stick out in my head. But personally, I'd probably give the man the match to Bannigan. I generally thought he was fantastic all game long, but I can see why Tiffany got it. Just getting two goals is kind of hard to not give it to him. I agree with you, um, Jamie. I thought Bannigan was, was absolutely outstanding. Just on that, that point you raised where he's been moved deeper. I think we have sort of gone back to the 4-2-3-1. I think McCall was playing a 4-3-3 with Bannigan and Turner in advance of Dockery and Bannigan sort of dropped in with Dockery and Turner's playing in a sort of 10 role. So it's freed Turner up and it's given the defence a lot more solidity with Bannigan and Dockery sitting in front of them. I think we've seen better performances from Muirhead. Muirhead got praised on last week's show. I think that's probably key. He's got a little bit more protection. McAvoy, again, Jamie, you're right. He was outstanding, especially in the first half when, when Wraith did look dangerous with a couple of balls in behind. I thought McAvoy dealt with them excellently. And yeah, I would I agree. I think Bannigan was, was man of the match, but I feel like Fitz got Tiffany. That was probably Tiffany's best game of the season. We've spoken about how streaky Brian Graham can be, and he isn't a goal streak at the moment. He was he was excellent as well. So I, there, was, there were no failures on Saturday. Heather, what about you? I totally agree with what you're saying about uh, Stuart Bannigan being moved deeper and that I I think I thought for me one of the standout players was Kyle Turner on Saturday and it just shows you different perspectives but I do think that maybe Turner has a little bit more freedom with the fact that Banzo and Docker are deeper and I thought that I just thought he was a joy to watch he just he got absolutely everywhere I also find it so funny he gets so angry when people don't pass him or something doesn't work out he just feels absolutely everything when he's playing um, I mean his cross for the first goal is fantastic the f- and I'm, I love the fact that he didn't go down when he got tackled and instead just you know and pulled off a brilliant cross and we score from it I do think that Turner's had a really good season. I think this has probably been his best season at Thistle and he's really kind of found his own place for himself in the team, which um, I think is great. I was quite critical of Stevie Lawless against our growth. I thought he was quite poor and um, didn't really offer much. And I feel like in the last two games, he's really, he's he's been absolutely brilliant. It does, I mean, I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, it does have that almost 2013 feel when things just start clicking into place and people start being able to find each other again. It's brilliant. I just, I also, I mean, I think we say it every week, Harry Milne is a different quality. I think we just need to enjoy watching him and ha- and getting everything out of him before he, before he goes on to bigger and better things. I mean, not like there's anything bigger and better than Thistle, but I think we have to be realistic here. But he is just hit the way that him and Tiff link up together. I think it's fantastic. I said this on um this yesterday at the ladies' game. I mean, we all use, you always know that Scott Tiffany is going to get an injury at some point throughout the throughout the year, and and you just have to kind of go with that. But you just wonder what position we would be in if we'd had Tiffany playing like that for this whole season. That's an interesting point, Heather. We're going to come on to talking about injuries a bit later. There's a, there's a listener question about that. Uh, but Ewan, I'll ask you for your for your standout performers. I feel a bit stupid now because I've just put Tiffany. I've kind of went a wee bit artistic with this description of Tiffany. I've said he's like the WD-40 of the team. 
Um, it seems like when he plays, the team just loosen up and play to their strengths. And I think his contribution to the team is so like integral to how this team play. Especially when you have players like Harry overlapping, like they have this kind of link up play that's incredible. And you've got Brian in the space in the box. You know what I mean, it's it's like a, an excellent partnership. And what I will say is, I think that kind of speedster players like Tiffany, their usual downside is our end product. But two goals, and then obviously the build up to Brian's goal, he showed exactly what he's about. And um, the pace that he moves the ball is just incredible, and he's so aware of his surroundings as well. And you can see that for like his ball to Harry for the second goal. So I would say that Tiffany was the the standout. I'm glad you mentioned that, Pashoon, because every time I speak about something good, I forget about something else. The two passes for the second and third goals, Tiffany's pass, the reverse pass to Mel down the left, and then Lawless on that run. I don't know how he got the ball past all those players. And then his reverse pass to Tiffany for the third goal, they were they were exceptional bits of football. Like, And Heather, you're right as well. I think everyone at the start of the season was so excited for, for the Tiffany and Mel link-up, and we've not seen that for, for six months. And that could be the key in the last the last quarter, the last nine games. Jamie, did you want to come in? Yeah, it was mainly just about Tiffany. I'd say that's probably his first fully fit game or his most influential game since the 4-1 Inverness game at home. You know, he had a fantastic game that night. And I everyone was saying, like, oh, he looks back to his best. Obviously, he ended the last season a bit unfit. He'd been out for ages and he came back and he never quite looked the same when he came back. But... I think a fully fit Tiffany is something else. He's one of the best players, if not the best winger in the league when he's fully fit. You know, he can take on two, three men at once and just create something out of nothing. And he's brilliant to watch. His pace is electric. So having him and Milne fit together, like you said, Matt, everyone wanted to see that at the start of the season. And everyone was talking about how good it was going to be and barely got to see it. And getting to see that now with both of them fully fit would be, uh, that'd be something else. And that could be a very, very big factor. And, us turning our fortunes around this season. The, the last thing I want to say about the game is I think we've seen lots of performances like that with the ball in the last two or three years under Ian McCall. Like, I don't think that was ever a question about McCall. Could he play like decent attacking football when he had a full team fit? What really caught my eye as well on Saturday was how well we pressed without the ball. Turner, especially in the midfield with Graham, Lawless and Tiffany from the front, Milne and McMillan were, were pushing high up and pressing and we, we barely conceded any chances until the last five or ten minutes when Wraith were throwing everything at it. I thought out of the ball we were just as impressive as we were with it and that's probably been a criticism for for a while. When we play well, are we, do we concede cheap goals? Um, do we kill teams off? But there was, there was no question of, of that on Saturday. We were very convinced and deserving of the 3-0 win and a deserved clean sheet as well, I thought. Heather, do you want to come in? Yeah, I just wanted to say it's actually funny to remember that the last time we'd been we were home, the last two home games were obviously the two one like the two ones when we dropped points and really didn't offer a lot going forward, were very bitty, was really disappointing. So it's actually it just shows you just what a difference a month can make in football in the Scottish Championship. Um you know, I don't think many of us left for Hill feeling the way we did on Saturday, like um, earlier this year. So it's it's just fantastic. And I do think that so much of that is down to Crystalline. Well, I'll come back, Heather. David Donnelly's asked 
is having an injury-free squad the measure of a manager's capabilities? Like we've mentioned how good Tiffany was. That's one of his rare starts this season. Like he's, he's did a few games in a row for the for the first time, I think, all season. He started a few games in a row. Dockey's back as well. We've spoken about his points per game ratio. Holt was back in the squad on Saturday and, and Graham as well, who was missing from, from some of McCall's later games. How fair is it to sort of judge the last few McCall games in comparison to these games because of the the players that have come back fitness is it as simple as just saying we've got the players back or how much credit does Doolan deserve for, for changing the, the way things have gone? Well, I mean, I'm I'm the worst person to ask here as someone who is a Chris Doolan loyalist, but I do, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think the fact that having so, having options and having players back and a lot of competition for places is obviously has helped Chris Dillon a lot. But I would say that we do set up quite... I do think there's a different setup and a different belief system. The A game plan is obviously there. When I think sometimes with McCall, he had plan A. And when plan A didn't work, plan B was Cammy Smith sometimes. And you know my feelings towards that. But um, I do think that... There were just some very odd substitutions. Substitutions obviously seemed to come too late. And we were constantly talking about what is the tactic? What is the plan B? When I feel like, I guess we haven't really had to go, we haven't gone down yet with Dylan as manager. Like, as in we haven't gone a few goals down and had to come back. But I think that, I mean, maybe it's just a new manager bounce and this idea of, you know what, We've got everyone back. We're able to play together. We can link up. There's an understanding. But I mean, we talked. You, you talked just there about the fact that Bansell's playing deeper. Is that not a move by Chris Dillon? And obviously, that has um, stopped teams being able to get to cut us open so easily. I would say that I guess it's a combination of most things. And we spoke at the start of the season about the fact that on paper our squad looked so exciting so brilliant and we have had things come in that mean that we can't have them all the time in every game but I mean as someone who just thinks Chris Dillon is the best person I'll give him the credit that he deserves right now going back about another absolutely ruthless drive-by shooting on Cammy Smith uh, guy's not kicked a ball in about three months and he's, he's still getting it uh, Jamie do you agree with, with Heather Doolan deserve a lot of credit I definitely I definitely agree I think he's come in and he's definitely made a difference and there's just little things we were talking about I've seen people talking about it on Twitter it's just small little adjustments he's made that have made the difference, like we said, banning and playing deeper. And as I mentioned earlier, Turner looking a bit freer in that number 10 role. And like you'd mentioned as well, Matt, the fullbacks pressing up higher. I really noticed that at Dundee, that Mellon and McMillan were really pressing up high and sometimes kind of moving into the middle, almost in a defensive midfield kind of position when they, they'd float in there if they needed to for positioning or pressing or whatever. And it was definitely working. And he's, he's just made a couple small changes, which I think have made a difference and even things that like I feel fullbacks overlapping slightly more now and I don't know if that's just a throwback to when Dylan was a player like for example when we did win the league with Dylan as a player that was one of the big parts for a game you know Taylor Sinclair and Stephen O'Donnell a lot of overlapping runs and that was a big part of why we were so good to watch and I don't know if he's going for something similar I said a couple of weeks back that I feel 
since he's so early in his managerial career, he just kind of go with what worked for him as a player. And that sort of thing did work. So just these little changes and these tweaks he's made, I think he deserves a lot of credit for. And I don't think it's just he's inherited a squad and he's happened to do well. We've been lucky with players coming back because it's not like he's had it, you know, completely easy when it comes to injuries. Like arguably our best defend our best centre back, Kevin Holt, was out injured almost immediately into Dylan's run and Dowds was injured like five minutes into his first game and I don't think he's had it completely easy with that sort of thing, but yeah, he's I think he's made a very, very good start and deserves a lot of credit. I think it's interesting to note, like, with Ian McCall, the amount of injuries he had, some of it's obviously luck, but some of it is how how many of those injuries were sort of training-based, and at what point do you start looking at what you're doing to pick up the injuries? Because every season for the last three seasons, I'd say, under Ian McCall, at some point we had an injury crisis. Uh, you look back last season when, when Tiffany was out and we were shoehorning players in, and even in the League One season we had... Lots of problems in defence, and that's really why Senna got his, his going then. So I think some of it's luck and some of it's you've got to look at what you're doing yourself. I think the, the injury-free squad currently for Dillon, obviously Holt aside in the last couple of weeks, has helped. Part of me, when Dillon got appointed permanently, which we'll, we'll speak about in a minute, the only sort of doubt I had was he's had a, a pressure-free situation, basically, because everyone loves Chris Dillon, and now he's... Well, not everyone still loves Christian, but just because it's a change to a permanent job, I think he's he's under a little bit of pressure. Not he's not under pressure, but you know what I mean. The the fact that it's a permanent job, it's it's his thing now. It's his thing to go with. He's got to prove himself, and he's not faced any adversity yet. He's not had the injuries Ian McCall had. He's not even gone behind in a game yet, so we don't know how he reacts to that. And I I think that's why I thought it was just a little bit too early to go permanent. And I pr- like. At the end of the season, I probably would have wanted Crystal to get the job permanently. But I think we could have used this these 10 games, 13 games, however many he had, just to let him sort of learn what, what what it's like to go behind in a game when you're the manager. What's it like when you've got three or four players out and you've got to, you've got to sort of patch a team together. But does anyone have any thoughts on the, the Ian McCall, uh, the Ian McCall, the Chris Jones permanent appointment? Because this is the, the first time we've recorded since that um, that news was announced. I agree with you, Matt. I think it, I think I said this on the last podcast that I thought that we would get give it to Jules till the end of the season and then assess. I am a little bit. I I thought it was qu- I I thought it was quite quick to do when he hadn't had a home game. I thought maybe it would have been after the first home game and then and 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 then maybe, but they've gone for it. I'm. In the Aitken suite after the game, he came out and spoke. And the way that he just... Because, you know, Chris Lund doesn't have, like, a big commanding voice. He's not this massive presence. He's not the big personality that um, Ian McCall is, you know, cracking jokes and things like that. But the way that he just commanded a room of people from such a, y- a very young age to, like, older people, to just a real love affiliation towards him... And I understand what the club have gone for because I think they want the fans to feel that connection, love, and you know feel that support for their for their team. And and we've talked about this before. The way that Chris Dillon was treated when he left was not the one. It was terrible. And I do feel that potentially there's this idea of the fact that you know we deserve to give you know Chris something back and that. 
the fans will continue to back him. And, you know, he went on a few runs himself as a player when he didn't score a lot and just different things, but he just stuck in and you knew it would come and you knew you always got 100% from him. And I do think that potentially that is the kind of idea about him being manager for the for the club as well. The idea that you always know it's 110% of Chris Doolin and he does have the the feel-good factor that he brings to to everyone. Jamie, you got any thoughts on the, the appointment? Can I say to what I said to everyone in the chat? I was happy enough for him to get to the end of the season, to be honest. He'd made a good start. and You know, the fact there was no mention about that, it was just, he's a new manager. There wasn't really any mention of contracts. Was, I was a bit surprised. I wouldn't say I was concerned. I was more surprised at it. I kind of expected it to be the end of the season, but he has made such a good start and he does, he definitely does bring that feel-good factor around the, the club. You know, everybody loves Chris Dillon and Fessel and, you know, some of the players in that squad, they've played with him before. Quite a few of them, actually. And, um, he's you notice with Brian Graham saying that he's almost doing a little bit of like tactical advice for him. He was talking about how he had him on the bench talking during the Arbroath game and that kind of thing's interesting to see and he's like he's using the right resources around him, an experienced player like Graham, who we also we can imagine being manager one day and I think he will have the respect to people and I, I yeah, I, I'm happy with the appointment to be honest. And it's, maybe it's just a part of me with uh, Chris Dillon tinted glasses on because I do love Dillon and he's like an absolute legend. He's an icon at the club, but I, I'm happy with him to the end of the season. And the, the man's still unbeaten four, four games in, three wins and a draw. The draw being a clean sheet. I, I don't think there's so much to complain about. But you said it in the chat as well, man. I'm sure we'll get onto it. That the Morton game, that's going to be a big test for them. I think Morton have got a decent home record this season. And, that's going to be a really interesting one. But it's not like he hasn't been tested so far. I mean, he started off with three away games, and including one of those away to air and Dundee. Both teams are in the top four at the time. And yeah, I think Yankee has been tested so far. It's not like he's had that kind of run that basically lost McCauley's job, like Hamilton and Cove at home. And maybe you couldn't be as judged on that. But he, he started with a tough, tough run, I'd say. And he's come out of it flying colours, to be honest. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not anti Chris Dolan getting the job. I'm delighted for him. I think he absolutely deserves it. Like Chris Dolan deserves to be the Partick Thistle manager. You know, he, he proved it in the first few games that if you're going to give an interim an addition and he wins two and draws one away from home, perfect. I just think we were in such a sort of unique circumstance where a club legend has come in. We could have, it, we don't know what the contract is. It might just be to the end of the season, but it, the way it was worded sounds like it's longer. We could have just had him as the interim until the end of the season, and he's completely pressure-free. Everybody loves Chris Dolan, but now there's... I don't know if it's just because of the way the results went on Saturday. There was such a good feel-good factor after the game of, oh, we're, we're back in this, we're back in this. And now it is a bit of a pressure situation because we are back in it, and we're playing well. And I don't know if that is the permanent appointment. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like we had such a unique situation where he could have just had it to the end of the season. And... Um, then we could have appointed him. I'd probably be pro-appointing him at the end of the season, but he'd be under no pressure. And now we've just sort of ramped the pressure up a little notch. And I just think it could have maybe waited to the end of the season. Anyway, I might be wrong. I probably am. I've been wrong before. Ewan, as a as a debutant on this show, it's it's a rite of passage to give us a, a percentage chance of winning the league title. Ross Alexander and Liam Kane have both asked if, if David is still at 66% or has he gone higher after Saturday? I'm sure David will, will edit that into his prediction later on in the podcast. But where do you think we stand in the, the title promotion battle at the moment? 
Right, I've got my head in my hands right now because all my fellow media team members know that in our wee game that we play with our predictions, I, well, not this weekend actually, I'm, I'm out the relegation zone, but I've been stoned last for the last nine or ten games, so my, like, magic looking into the future, it's not great, um, but percentage chance, I would say, do you know what, I'm, I'm a optimist uh, when it comes to football, I think if you don't aim high, then you're not doing it right you need to have high expectations do you know what I'll up them I'll say 68% that that is very high <laughs> wow very high <laughs> Heather Jamie we're, we're currently third in what looks like a a four-ish horse four or five horse race um, do you give us any higher lower than 66% chance or 68% chance we've gone to now I think, well, Matt, were you not last week 6 to 7%? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably up at 10 now. Oh, right, okay. Because um, <laughs> I thought even that was quite high. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> I'll go, genuinely, I'm going 5%. But I, because I like to be surprised. And I like to, you know, like pleasantly surprised about exactly. things. And um, I'm the kind of person that will say, oh, I'll only do, I don't know, two things, like two things on my to-do list. And when I do four, I feel really proud of myself. So aim low, get better. So 5% from me. That, that is a great philosophy. I think why I'm still so cautious as well is I think Queen's Parker, if they continue in their current points per game, they're going to get to 64 points. For us to match that, we need to win seven of our last nine games. To get by it, we need to win seven and draw one or win eight, which... <laughs> the way we're playing is doable, but it's still a very tall ask uh, with some of the fixtures we've got left this season. You enjoy coming back in? Yeah, I just wanted to say the only reason why I've upped David is so that at the end of the season, if it doesn't go our way, that you could say, well, at least I'm not like that idiot you and Waddle. <laughs> Jamie, what about you? What, what do you see the, the league picture like at the moment? Uh, obviously, we are in good form. Effectively, we are the form team in the league right now. We've still got some tough games coming up. We've got Queen's Park one more time. We have them at home, which is better than away, obviously. They've had a number all season. I think that'll be a very important game. But I want to be positive, but I'm going to say 25%. This run and the Dylan Balls up to my... If you'd asked me, if you'd asked me before that uh, air game, maybe even after that, I'd have probably said below 10% single figures. But, you know, I'm... It's still in many right now, so I'll say 25%. And even that, to me, seems optimistic. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not, but could we finish second? You never know. And then if you finish second, you're always giving yourself a pretty healthy chance in the playoffs. So I think if, if Chris Dillon, especially when he came in, we, if we were sitting like fifth off the back of two shocking league defeats, if he got a second-place finish, then I think for him that'd be a pretty successful start. Heather, we were at Petersill Park yesterday for, for a thrilling 4-3 win for the, the Thistle women's game. Do you want to say a bit about that? Yeah, it was a fantastic game. Firstly, um, really proud of them and happy for them for them to have such a big crowd. I think it was 221. And and obviously the dogs were mentioned as well because there was quite a sea, of, a sea of them and beautiful coats that they had on. But Taking that, that's not important. The game's important, and they they played they played some really good football. I think they were the better team in the first half, just unlucky of the way that the goals fell. 
Um, so they were 2-0 down and uh, Aberdeen girl was um, red carded, quite rightly so. And she was, I think she knew exactly that she, you know, really messed up. And after the, um, after the red card, Thistle scored from the, the, the next free kick. And from that, they just were fantastic. Some really nice free-flowing football never giving up, a real tenacity. I also was really impressed with the fact that even when they were 2-0 down, they just kept on going. They were relentless and there was just a real togetherness. You could feel it um, throughout the team. Some of the goals in the were were great, all, all really enjoyable. And a very interesting third goal given to Aberdeen. And you could see, I mean, you could see the Thistle bench and all the players absolutely raging about it. Even after the game, uh, Rachel Donaldson got a, a yellow card for talking to the referee about it. But if you haven't seen it, go and watch the highlights. Well, actually, I haven't watched the highlights yet, but from where we were sitting, it did not look like it was a goal. Um, the, the keeper saves it. And it's one of those ones when I think her feet were behind the line, but she like puts the ball out in front of her. And the and the linesman decided that the ball had fully crossed the line and gave it. I have to say there was a, a word for the referee. I am um, he obviously had, had kind of told himself he'd try and give out of the record amount of yellow cards in the game. It was just it was raining cards for the tiniest of challenges, really. And then some challenges that were quite bad just got brushed over. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. It was a super game and um, obviously meant a lot to them. The scenes at the end for getting, you know, one step closer to top six and what an achievement it will be for them after, you know, they they weren't going to, they weren't supposed to be in the league and now to be top six with some of the really, really big teams in that league. It's just a fantastic achievement and something that Thistle fans should be so proud that we're associated with them and should try, really try and support them as much as we can. Yeah, that was my first time going along to see the women's team. I think I'll definitely be back. I, I really enjoyed it. The, it was a great game. And uh, a shout out to friend of the show, Vinny Ferguson, who I met for the first time yesterday for just one of the greatest heckles I've heard in this stadium, where it was quite a, a quiet, tranquil atmosphere in the first half and just shouted at the referee, it's always you, ref, you and your hair. So I, I very much enjoyed that. The ref looked quite a lot like Doc Cotton out of line and duty. Uh, Jamie, there's another one, actually. You've got weeks to prepare for this, for a partridge thistle about thistle lookalikes. That's what we're doing in, in future future weeks. So you've got lots of time to do homework on that future partridge thistle. Heather, before we move on to, to look at the Morton game, you were the, the Hard Game 2 ambassador for, for Thistle on Saturday. How was your day? It was absolutely fantastic. I have to say that I potentially was a little bit stressed and it's only been afterwards talking to people, hearing other people's stories and just their reaction to to everything. I'm starting to think, you know what, it was it was a really, really great positive day. So we started off in the Aitken suite beforehand and it was packed, which was fantastic. Lots of Rafe Rovers fans as well, really, really interested in in it and just saying that they wish their club would do something similar. And I think um, my mum's tablet was gone in about five minutes, which is lovely. And it was just a fantastic day. I mean, I'll say it, um, some of the girls who I was with yesterday, or sorry, not yesterday, um, Saturday, 
I hadn't really met them fully before until, you know, just know them from social media and different things. And it was so lovely for us to be together, but also just to feel that full support from um, from our fan base. I know it disappointed a few people that I wasn't t- doing the Crossfire Challenge, but I just felt that was one step too far for me. But um, it was absolutely brilliant to see Cara Henderson to hit that in front of the John Lambie. But yeah, really a really great response. People really interested, already talking about what we can do next time. I think it was a really big moment to see, you know, all those lovely little girls running out on the pitch with their Hurricane 2 tops on. That was something special. And um, and yeah, just feel really supported and loved by our fan base and I look forward to to growing it and if anyone is interested and wants to get involved then please be in touch because this is something for everyone no great stuff yeah, well done for all your work Heather thank you Matt but I would say I am disappointed that I just want the records to show that David was in the couldn't sleep beforehand and the face painter did not have a client and he refused so I do just want that to be noted and that, that has been noted so that next time it's a full face Yep, we will not forget that. Uh, Ewan, we're 35 minutes in and I've, I've not asked you the, the, the question I've been, been desperate to ask you yet. We're away at Morton on, on Saturday and I presume you will be there with your, your camera equipment. Do you get to travel on the team bus? Oh, no. Oh, no, no. you've said it. No, no, wait, no. You've, I can't make it to the game on, on Saturday. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, do, do you get to travel on the team bus though, when you go sometimes, away? Sometimes, sometimes. What's sometimes, the crack like depends. there? Um, Oh, it's, it's a good laugh. Um, on the way back from Dundee, I got made fun of by a certain David Mitchell for my energy drink while I was editing, to which he pulled it out and read every single ingredient on the ingredients list and just said, that probably isn't good for you. That probably, I was like, David, I get it. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to stay awake. But all it's, it's obviously the social groups and stuff, but I just keep to myself, get my headphones on, get my editing sorted, and then, aye, that's really it. Do you want to kick us off with a prediction for, for Saturday's game then, Ewan? I assume you think we're going to win if you, you're 68% sure we're going to win the <laughs> um, Right, well, if it goes on record here, then it's probably going to be my prediction on the, the game that we play. So I'll predict a, a 2-1. Um, I think Dylan will face his first goal against them. And then I, I think we'll bring it back. Heather, what about your prediction for Saturday's game? I'm just going to warn you in that this isn't actually my prediction, but since I'm not in the league table, I just predict wildly out of pure annoyance. Let's go for 8-2, Thistle. 8-2? Yeah. Who's scoring for Morton? Robbie Muirhead double. Ah, fair. fair. And he, I think they'll <laughs> score, like, his will, his will be equalisers so that he can do some sort of, like, wild celebration that then can be made fun of. And like to input back against him later on in the game. Jamie, a prediction from you. I think we all picked up a point on on Saturday for predicting Thistle wins. I don't think anyone got the exact score, so we're just a point each further on than we were last week. So a prediction from you. I think it's going to be a pretty tight game. I don't think it will be similar to Saturday and that we just kind of win very comfortably. I'm going to say three to Thistle. I think. Ooh. I think it's going to be a pretty end-to-end game and I could see us even maybe falling behind at one point or at least being level. I don't think we'll do a Dundee opening day and we go 3-0 up and chuck some goals. But it'd be interesting to see how Dylan would 
we haven't really seen him in a game like that yet. Uh, you know, constant topsy-turvy game. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I'll say three to the first one. Oh, so this is something else you guys can get cut out. I was going to say, you and what is Scott Tiffany actually like? I, want, I can't imagine. <laughs> oh, no, that's going to stay in. <laughs> I, want, I want to know what he's like. Well, right. To be honest, um, I'll be I'll be completely transparent. I don't really talk to the players very often. It's more like a kind of passing thing where, like, sometimes you just get to have like, a wee a wee chat with them. Um, I think he's exactly what you'd expect him to be like. He's very. Um, I think he lets his his football do the talking a lot of time, and he's always cheery. He always says hello and you walk past them. And uh, he's he's a he's a good guy. And I, I, I was just interested, just because of, you know, <laughs> interviews and stuff. I was just always wondering, right, what's he like in what's he like in real life? Oh, he's very brief. Like his interviews, is very brief, but he's, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> Uh, I'll go for a I'll go for a one 0 Thistle win on Saturday. Um, I'm just looking at the the home and away tables. Martin have got the best points per game at home this season. They've got they've got 25 points in 12 games, so they're averaging more than two points at home. They've already beaten us at home this season. Our away form's not amazing. We're sort of mid table in terms of away form. We've got minus three um, goal difference away from home, but we are riding the the crest of the Dolan Dolan mania wave. So I'll go one 0 Brian Graham. And David will work his magic here and edit in his own predictions for, for the game and his predictions for the title and Reese's score prediction as well. I think we're going to have a, a brilliant game on Saturday. It's going to be a great game to go to. You know what it's like at Kaplow. It's never an easy place to go. For as much as, as we all hate Morton, it's it's tough and they seem to, to suck that ball into the back of the net sometimes when they need it most. But I think Morton will score. But I think the... The dealer machine will keep churning out results for the time being. So I'm going to go to one Jags. I think we'll do enough to get the three points and and we'll just keep on with a good good momentum. Hello, David here. Sorry I couldn't be there this week. Really looking forward to the game on Saturday. Capital, a, a great away day, despite what people might have said earlier in the episode. It's always lively. You've always got the mutant wings uh, banging on the corrugated iron as you go for your pie. Morton absolutely go super sane every time we play them at Capolo. Um but we are on a, a great run at the moment um, Dillard Mania is running wild and we need to run we need we need to ride the crest of the wave while we can am I still 66% in us win the league title you know the joke I'll always be 66% win the league title even when we are celebrating in the woody after the Rafe Rovers game when we've won the title I'll still be 66% confident that we'll win it there's real momentum at the moment. The fans are doing really well. They're back in the team, and the team are up for it, and you can see what it means to them. And I think Capo is going to be the real litmus test for us. Are we in a title fight? Are we? Do we have something about us? Do we have the the grit and the steel to mount a title challenge? Capo will show that because until Tuesday, Martin Adolin conceded ten goals. All season at Capolo, conceded free at air um, on Tuesday, which gives you a, a bit of hope that maybe the floodgates are starting to open, we can get goals in there. The weather's not meant to be great, there's forecasts of snow, and I think it's going to be an absolute humdinger. Flying tackles in the snow, lots of goals, raging fans, hurling abuse at each other. Um, it's going to be great. So I'm going to go 4 1 Fizzle, keep the juggernaut going, and win it. And as ever, 66% confident of winning the title. Jamie, what sort of game are you expecting on, on Saturday? I've just mentioned there, Morton, good home form. 
Do you expect Dylan to make any changes to the sort of four-two-three-one or any personnel changes um, to counter how effective Morton have been at home? And I suppose the the big decision really is if Snedden's fit. Do you put Snedden back in goals? I don't think he'll make any changes to the the setup, the shape, or anything. I think he's just going to stick with what's worked for him so far. We've only conceded one goal in four games under the shape that he's been using, so I, I, I can't see him changing it. Including three of those games been away from home, so. Like you've said, though, I think this will be a tough one. Morton does seem to have a pretty good home record. I don't think the lineup will change. Snedden for Mitchell, I actually, I don't have an answer, to be honest, because usually I'd have said, I'll just put Snedden straight back in. But Mitchell did have a very good game, but it, it would seem harsh to drop him. But then again, obviously, Snedden is our first choice and in general is a pretty reliable goalkeeper for us. So it will be interesting to see what Dylan does in that sort of situation. So I, I don't really have an answer for this Ned Mitchell one, to be honest. But apart from that, I don't see any changes to the lineup, barring any fitness issues. I just I don't see why we'd make any changes. Ewan, do you agree with Jamie? No changes. Quite happy to go as we are. Well, like I said earlier, it's probably our strongest team, so I completely agree with Jamie. I think there won't be many changes, um, if any. Um, it'll probably just be a wee shake up in the midfield, maybe uh, bring Cole back in. That's the only thing that I can really think of but I don't see why you would change it at the moment it's um, we're kind of flying um, in terms of performances so I would maybe keep it consistent and hope that we can get the result. Heather you're predicting obviously quite a, an open game and a, a one-sided game with a, with an 8-2 are you making any changes do you bring Snedden back in on Saturday? Can I just say that that is not how I think the game's going to go at all I think I mean they're unbeaten in five I know two of them are draws but um, I think it's going to be a re- like the biggest test for Chris Dillon so far. And most of the games that we've had against them over the last few years, bar a few kind of freakish results, have been very close. And I'm more in line with what Jamie said, like in the sense of a 3-2, a 2-1 kind of feel. I think it's one of those ones where someone's going to win it late on. I think that's a really good question with the fact that a lot of people have already started talking about what would you do and it's a really open question. I don't think anyone predicted that David Mitchell would have the performance that he did going from the last few times that we'd seen him before Jamie Sennon got back in the team. I think that it would be extremely harsh on David Mitchell for him you know, to save a penalty the way he did, the save afterwards, just the overall commanding of the box was brilliant on Saturday. But then is it not doubly unfair on Jamie Sneddon, who has been injured, who has been so important to so many games this season? And if he's ready and is ready to go back in, for me, it's Sneddon. I think I agree with you, Heather. I don't think I would make any changes to the, the outfield team, but I think if Steden's fit, you put him back in. He's, he's been our number one goalkeeper for, for three months, on and off for longer, and I think he's been good for the last three months. Um, so I don't think he deserves to be to be dropped again, as harsh as it is on Mitchell, as he was very good on Saturday. Dees has asked, is Morton away the worst away day outside the old firm? Anyone got any thoughts on how good an away day Morton is? I, I know David would be furious with that take if, if he was here. I'd, I'd say no, to be honest. I actually don't mind Morton as an away day. You know, it's always quite a good atmosphere. We always bring good numbers down. I preferred it when we were in the bit of the side, when you could stand at that bit of the side, to be honest, and behind the goal. But I still think it's a pretty decent away day and I'd say there's a lot, so there's quite a few ones out there that I think are worse than that, to be honest. I agree, Jamie. I, it's what you're looking for on an away day, really, isn't it? 
think there's a, a difference between a good and a bad away day in teams that you just don't like. Um, there's definitely worse away days in our league, not looking at anyone in particular, Hamilton. But, you know, I think what an away day is, is a good day out. Uh, ideal to get to the train. And I, I do like that we normally take a good support through there. Yeah, I quite like Morton away, um, result dependent. We will finish as we always do with Partridge Thistle. Um, you and as you're the, the debutant, you can go first this week. I'm going to ask, which Thistle players do you think would do the best and the worst on Taskmaster? And you and you've seen them up close on team buses, playing cards and I'm sure other things. <laughs> so you're probably the best place to answer this question. Um, who do you think would do best and worst on Taskmaster? Right, well... I think I second what like Jamie said previously on podcasts where like you don't watch much TV. Um, I'm the same. So I'd never actually seen Taskmaster, only like kind of little clips. But I do kind of understand the concept. So for me, I've said the best would probably be Lee Hodson because I think he's a very versatile player. Um, like he's, he's made to think on his feet to provide support and like the kind of moments where the chips are down. Um, so I'd say he's got like the best chance of having like a secret talent that could like make him good at these kind of challenges that are kind of out there. Um, so, yeah, I think he'd have the most transferable skills in terms of um, being able to win challenges. For the worst, I'd probably I'd probably just say Brian Graham because I feel like he would just get so angry um, if something wasn't going his way. If he was made to work in a team and someone wasn't pulling their weight, he'd probably just lose his temper and ragdoll someone. Um, so yeah, that would probably be my, my best and worst. Great, Graham's a controversial one. Um, Jamie, I'll come to you next. Sorry to inform you, Matt. <laughs> what happens in Taskmaster? That this is not good, Jamie. Like uh, you in recent recent weeks have really sort of Reese with his Alan Partridge last week doesn't know what it is. You don't know what Taskmaster is. I mean, we're really I, I not the thing with Graham. I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> so. It's basically like five celebrities, comedians, TV personalities get assigned like stupid, stupid tasks to do and then they get judged. So like the first other task I think was they were in a room with a watermelon and no equipment and it was like eat as much watermelon as you can in a minute. It goes from like that to like make something fly, throw as much yogurt on this wall as you can. That That's sort right. of absolute right. nonsense, right? Uh, best then I'm going to say Harry Mill because he goes in, I'm just judges of football and he goes in for any challenge he's not scared to take on anything so I'm putting him by logic as the best the worst <laughs> um, I, I don't know I don't want to insult any player Jamie, these answers need work. Me and David are going to have to meet up. The committee is going to have to meet up and start handing out uh, suspensions, I think, for this segment. Uh, Heather, please save us. I'll start with saying it's not my favourite programme, but I have watched it. Um, I am, well, my worst, I think, is obvious. I just think, well, that's not so harsh, Heather. You can't say Cammy Smith. Two drive-by shootings in one episode. He's not even played this year, I don't think. Oh, my word. I thought he came on as a sub somewhere. You know, he came on. Up. He came on. He came on um, at Kelty Hearts, and he got an assist. There you Did go, an assist this season. Was Tom Fremlin last year? Or was that this year? Oh, that was that this was year. Was that this year? Right there. He you came go. off the bench. Yes, from. You know what? No, I think the worst would be Scott Tiffany, just from the fact that I think he's a kind of he just likes to play football, and um, he's a. He's, I don't really think that multitasking or like kind of is maybe his forte. 
um and that kind of idea of like having to think out the box maybe not not for him he just focused on being there was a wee boy behind me on, uh, at Dundee who calls him messy and I think that's brilliant I think he's gonna stick to that I really um, hope Tiff doesn't listen to this podcast. I have to be asked. He's going to be heartbroken. Well. I'm going to I'm going to go up to him and say I can't believe Heather. Do you want to hear what Heather said? That's just shocking, <laughs> by the way. I was going to say Scott Tiffany for the worst as well. I was thinking not, Scott not, Tiffany as well. I didn't want to say it. Not make any Aww. further comment, but I'm glad Heather sort of explained. I'd say quite eloquently and politely why. Um, he's very very good at football, though. To be fair, well, he's all getting thrown under the bus. <laughs> Scott Tiffany hit me in the arm at Arbroath away, so I I feel like I'm allowed to to have a dig. But you and please don't tell him that because that's it, the wee scone. Like he doesn't need that. No, do you know what it is? Right, do you know what it is? See, when I, I realised, right, I've I've had to go to my Brian Graham middleman, um, like the the guy that's got Brian on speed dial and say, I'm so sorry if he figures out that I've said he's the worst, because. <laughs> What I was trying to get at was that he'd be really good, but he wouldn't be able to like deal with it. Because I didn't realise it's like an individual game, like Taskmaster, until literally like two minutes ago. So I was trying to basically say like if he was in a team environment, he'd be really good, but his teammate would wouldn't be pulling the weight and he'd be shouting at him. <laughs> I've just realised that I'm gonna get like an absolute bollocking off of him. Oh no! You can't forget. Ian McCall did literally criticise Scott Tiffany's IQ on TV live. <laughs> I, I, I think it's a like fair game. I, 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 feel, I, feel, I feel we've been mean now. Got no, we all said Scott Tiffany was the best player on Saturday. Like, that, we're that we're balanced fair. here. Do you know what, Matt? I've been waiting. That, that reminds me. I've been waiting for you guys to do a part special question about something to do with getting hit by the ball by a player. Because I've had an answer waiting for ages on that. It's not even that good. But I've only ever been hit by a ball once when going to a festival game. And it was Juan Allegra who hit me at Arrowhead. <laughs> and he never scored a single goal for us. But he managed to hit me with the football. My dad was standing in front of me. He didn't. I was on my phone. Didn't tell me it was coming towards me in train. Just moved out of the way and let it hit me. So, yeah. I've been waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair tactic, Jamie. If you can't answer the Partridge Thistle questions, just make up your own question and answer it on a completely unrelated <laughs> tangent. Fair play. Go ahead, admire it. <laughs> well, mate, I, I study politics at uni. Can you blame me? <laughs> Heather, who do you think would be the best on Taskmaster? I did ask some some someone for the thoughts here. They said Aaron Muirhead, which I just didn't agree with at all. Because um, obviously I've said recently about the fact that I feel like he, you know, he just headbutt people if, um, <laughs> if, 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 um, if, 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 or, you know, it just wouldn't be the right thing. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with Kevin Holt. I think, you know, he's, he's, he seems like he's got, a good head in his shoulders. He's been a good captain when he had when you know when he's had the armband recently. The way that he just sorted out Tillman after the whole Rangers debacle, I think that um yeah, I'm going to Kevin Holt. Well, I, I was going to go Tiffany for the worst. For the best, I was actually going to go for Brian Graham. I, I watched Taskmaster quite a lot. And I think some of the best contestants on there are like shit houses. So you know Brian Graham would would thrive, and I think watching Graham sort of get more and more irate would also be excellent television. So I'd be right in for throwing Brian Graham into the next series of Taskmaster. You, you all know, Matt, since you're always slagging off my answers, you all know why your answers are always good? Because you come up with the questions, mate. It's always so I don't know. No, I, I've asked, <laughs> at, at least half the questions have come up from something that has been spoken about in a so group So say, oh, Death in Paradise. I love that show. Let's do a question. About I don't that. watch I Death in Paradise. <laughs> you asked the question, Paradise question. A couple right, of Jamie. Me and Reese. 
No, 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 no. I'm not coming up with the next one. I take it back. No, no, no. It's out there now, and it's on record. You can come up with the questions for this for the rest of the season, and the rest uh, of the season. yeah, yeah. And then you can avoid a suspension for for poor answers by giving uh, top quality answers about subjects you're informed about. Matt, can I just say that I absolutely love that someone replied with such a firm agreement to me about Kenny McIntyre. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that that was that was probably one of my proudest proudest moments. Also to know that people do listen to the end to get Partridge Thistle, but also that someone else has the same was it Ross Alexander, I think it was. Yeah, it the was same the, 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 the same pure you know disagreement with the way that Kenny McIntyre has killed that programme. <laughs> We will leave it there. Thank you to, to Ewan for his debut and Jamie and Heather for joining me. And thank you to you if you've made it this far into the podcast. We will be back next week to look back on our trip to Greenock and to preview our home game against Dundee. In the meantime, stay safe.